Thank you, Janet Lee, and oh, what a rapture it is to have you back on that organ with the spirit that just emanates. Oh, you've set the environment by the Holy Spirit. Blessed be the name of God, and thank you. And hello out there, everybody. This is Jerry Lee, and I'm here with you today on a subject that is going to affect the world. And it will affect you, if you will, have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You will have never heard a collective teaching like this before, because this subject on what is the Holy Ghost is a series. It's a series because it has to be a series. There is no way in one broadcast you could even scratch the surface, hardly. But there is a beautiful, beautiful Word of God. And that beautiful Word of God says, From out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living waters. There is a distinction that must never be put into deception, must never be put into an abstract of its deep and real meaning. And that is, if there is a river that is a living river, that out of that river comes a flow of living waters, then there has to be other streams out there, rivers out there, streams of information, streams of testimonies, streams of religiosity, streams of political, and all kinds of mythological creations that are not living, but they are dead. Dead information given as though it was something real and something meaningful to your life, when in fact it is dead information. And all that dead information can do is something along the line of like plaque. It can clog up your system, your system of mind, your system of reality, your system of being able to sense and perceive what is right, what is not right, what is true, what is not true. And the scripture is ample of indications of the people that exist out there in the land of hearing, that they just do not know the mystery. Luke 8.10 talks about the mysteries, but that there are multitudes of people that just don't get it, they just don't understand, because it says it was not given to them. Not given to them, why? Because... Their systems are full of dead energy, dead created concoctions, dead interceptions and interferences, and dead noise. And so there has to be a shakeup. There has to be an implosion to open the gateways of this great river of living waters. 
not a trickle, not a raindrop, but a multiple event creating multiple rainbows that all have wishes that can come true because they belong to the dream of God. And there is actually a place in the Bible when it's translated properly that mentions the wish of God. You could say another way of putting it is the will of God. God has a will. He has a perfect will, and he has a passive will. He allows things that are passively accepted by him because he knows humans. He knows the mortal. He knows what is in the mortals. And the Bible says he will not take any testimony of the mortal because of what he knows is in him. And so there is this flooding of holiness that needs to saturate the dry ground of many, many a human with their complexities of interceptions and be such a flood they will wash away these interceptions and these idiotic ideas that never were created from the true word of God, but, but were misinterpreted and mispresented. And now is the day and now is the time. I said in my preliminary introduction on Facebook and in the preliminary introduction that we sent out on our mailing list that I would want it to bring you to tomorrow. I wanted to show you how to hear its prophecies. Well, your tomorrow is not the day that is coming. Your tomorrow that I want to show you is the day that is past. Because the Bible teaches and the Bible says that which is to be is that which was. That which is to be is that which was. And God requires that which was past. So the tomorrow that we want to find is a tomorrow that you have to go back in time. Back in time to the Alpha. Back in time even to the Omega. To find that Word of God that had, has the right tenses, the right descriptions, the right definitions, and belongs to the right vibrations and resonance. And that is what is on the calendar for today, to take you to the tomorrow that is the past. That is the things of the past unlived. The things of the past belonging to you that you have been cheated of by provocative misdemeanors of the Babel of falsehoods. I have a declaration 
And this declaration, it's going to be a movement, a movement of the divine will of God to declare the manifest. The Bible says in the New Testament that there will come a day when everything will be manifested, that there will be nothing not manifested. Some seams will have to be ripped. Some seams that have not been put together will have to be sewn. Some realities that were never the truth, never part of the reality of God or of history, will have to be eradicated. Now this calls for displacement. You can't keep the old same slop filling up your vessel and then think that you're going to get new information, new revelation, and it's just all going to hang around there somewhere along the sides of that slop because that is not the plan of God and that is not the tomorrow that I am ministering on here today. What is the Holy Ghost? Sometimes there is needed a spiracle. S-P-I-R-A-C-L-E. But I like to say spiracle. A spiracle into time. An escape hatch. To peer above the mud. To know the curve of an image. To understand the circuits of the realities. Circuits? Is there anything about circuits in the Bible? Of course. Psalms 19, 1 through 6 talks about the line that goes out and that there is no place that exists that this line does not go. We call it the sound tron. It also talks about circuits. And we know that it is represented by 12 circuits of the hours of day, the 12 circuits of the hours of the night. So we have the 12, which is an awesome number, and we have the 24, which is an awesome number. And that is not our teaching today, but in the long of the teaching of this series. And I would not be surprised if it did not go to 25 or 30 teachings. Many of these things will come to be understood. I want to share with you today things that you've heard before and some things because you've followed the teachings. Because some of those things have to be renewed to you. And they have to be available for other listeners. But I also want to share with you some things that you have never heard before because I have never taught them. And you've never heard them from me. And I'm not hearing any voices out there. I don't say they don't exist. But I keep updated. And there is something that God is doing with this manifest ministry that is a sweeping referendum. And it is clearly provocative to some of the listeners out there. <coughs> but we're not going to be worried about that provocativeness. We're going to go on and help people to know the curve of an image, to understand the circuits of realities, to know the sacred words and the names that open doors and close up susceptible intakes.
Sometimes recognition of what belongs to one's peace of body, mind, and soul cannot be accomplished without a trek to the beyond. Sometimes one must stand on the top of a sarcophagus to understand death. Sometimes one must abide in the outpouring of time, watch the life of the ground as it springs up, full of vigor, and then slumbers, as dead until it rises again. So it is with the grasses and the weeds and the flowers and the trees, and on and on. In order by observation to be able to understand the plan of nature for regeneration, and to not perish for lack of vision, sometimes in a thousand years a voice of destiny will speak in the savage and uncivilized wilderness of the world. Words rare, far away belonging, yet of a manifest enlightenment of the incredible moment of those who have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, and to not miss that rare opportunity of destinata reconciliation. For you see, the destinata belonged to a wheel, a wheel like it explains in Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 10. And other instances of the wheel that are basically described and contained within the whirlwind. And this destinata that belonged to the wheel had separations of rank because there were many debris, <coughs> excuse me, many de degrees of breath and many sheens of colors. Now under the Lord of Hosts of the Ophanims, the Ophanim angels, was a situation of status that was divided into different circuits and exclamations of wave vibrations. They came to be creators and they were divided of the primes of them who belong to the same sheen, same sheens, S-H-E-E-N-S, and vibrations. What am I saying there? It is saying that within that wheel that made up the complex of the totality of the whole, there were divisions of ranks of different sheens that had different degrees of vibrational circuits. And those people were units. I think today, as we minister these revelations, there are people beginning to hear this ministry. And going back in time, they belonged to the same sheens and the same vibrations and these kind of people often have said to me, as soon as I heard this word, I knew it. I knew it. And it was as though it was something that I had always known. Always known. Even before I was born. And I said, yes, I understand. I do understand. Well,
His truth is marching on. Last night, I had a dream. And I want to share that with you because it, it was a beautiful dream in my book. I dreamed that I was at this house that was a house, but it was also a business. And it was also the site of a broadcasting station. And this young man, I'm not sure what his age would be, but he was probably somewhere around in the appearance uh, looking of, at him, maybe 32 years old, maybe 35, maybe 28. And he had come into the revelation. And his family, his wife and his two children had come into the revelation. And they were in ownership of this, this station. And they were selling and g making a move to get more involved in the Holy Manifest teachings. And I was just very comfortable being in their home, which was a home and a business and a station for this broadcast. And at first time that I noticed it, I looked out the window and I saw something of a gigantic nature. It was a concrete platform. And I knew that this concrete went a long ways down into the earth. And then I looked and I saw that on top of it was this tower. And this was a broadcast tower. And then I went out and I discovered that around the house there was four of these. Four of these huge towers. And they were so tall that they went into the clouds and you could not see their top. And these were broadcasting out audio and information and circuiting for television and all kinds of things. And then I knew, my God, the time is at hand. My Lord and my God, the time is at hand for this word to get out to this world. For this word to travel across the waves of the skies and to be heard as it's never been heard before. We have preached and we have preached. We have ministered and we have ministered. We have given of the cells of our body the strength of our atoms, the strength of our molecular. And we have always wondered when that day would come, but we never challenged God. We never criticized the length. We just always somehow had an understanding is that one day the gates would be opened and it would happen. That dream was an uplift. It was an uplift. And I believe there's going to be a huge number of people that belong to the sheens and the colors of the wheel 
that was belonged to way, way, way long, long ago. Today I speak manifest. Tomorrow you will speak manifest. We are one song, and no other angel can sing that song. <clears throat> For when we sing, we exhale our beautiful color. It is a melody of soul print. In the elevation of our tier of rank, we are entwined. There is a deep crying because of the separation that now exists on earth and in zones of regeneration. The Soundtron calls. The Lord of hosts is lambing us because, because we are his other sheep, sheep not of the other folds, nor of the earth world. The Father's house is only diamonds away. John, St. John 10.16 speaks about these other sheep. And that is so important, so important. These other sheep tell a story. And I have ministered it. And this is not a re-preach of that, but it's important that these other sheep once lived in their ancestors on this earth and were the offspring of Enoch. And they are the ones that the genealogy of Melchizedek belongs to. And Melchizedek has no part in the genealogy of Abraham except in the associated connectiveness. And that's why the Bible says that without father, without mother, without offspring, because it's referring to Enoch not being a part in that sense, but being in the part of another sense, which Jesus said and called other sheep. And in the 14th chapter, he says, I'm going to where those other sheep are. I'm going to the Father's house. And some of you that are part of that other sheep, my disciples, some of you, others that have followed some of you, he says, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to take you there. And when I come, I'm coming, the Bible says, with Enoch and tens of thousands and they will be zithing with ships to rapture you away to the Father's house. If you cannot believe this, it's probably because you're just not one of us. But maybe you are one of us and there is so much plaque in you that you cannot hear the true word. Look at some of the revelations. Ten years ago, we were having special meetings, and I was preaching how that there lived in human beings ancient persons, 
like Neanderthal. And yeah, I know there were people out there that just absolutely flipped out and couldn't accept that. But get a hold of this and listen to this and plug this in. When the general Christian world today is trying to teach through their idea of Adam being the first man born sheer and naked of any ancestor of any mother or father just created out of the dust and somehow they give a different reference to that dust than the dust that all the animals and the tree of knowledge and the tree of good and evil and everything else and the tree of life all was created out of the dust and then continued to be created out of the dust even though it was the dust of dust that had become animals and personifications and they missed the point but we taught in the 16th chapter of the book of Ezekiel that there was a baby born of these two very ancient river people. They were, had different genetics. And they were the mother and the father of Adam. And Adam was thrown away. And we preached all that. I don't have time to repeat all that. The why. And the angels came and took him and raised him. But our teaching, our revelation of Latolution, now that they are finding, and they are, are finding it in a scientific provable way, in the DNA, that there is Neanderthal in the great majority of the people. And then they found another type of ancient people that are connected to we living people on this earth. Now what do the people who call themselves Christian and are given four or five thousand years uh, of the evolve of the, of the people on this earth and have got it just down to Adam. What are they saying? They're saying nothing. They're saying what is failure. They're saying what is not true. They're telling these things and science is scoffing them and making fools of them. And God is ministering this message today because this message today that he's ministering through me is the real truth and is proven scientifically even and spiritually and revelatory wise and scriptural wise and it is on the move there are these towers that are going up that reach beyond the clouds now for instance get a hang of this this is important. I spoke a while back and I talked about how that the Father, now keep in mind this thing about the Father is really important. Because Jesus said, if you don't accept the Father, you, there's no, don't worry about accepting me. He says, I am not preaching a, a, my gospel. He says, I am not preaching my ideas. I am not ministering my will. But he says, all of the things that I am doing on this earth, I am doing 
in my father's name. And I said, people don't realize. They don't realize that Jesus did not remember enough of when he was co-owned in the Father and one with the Father. He did not remember enough to even know how for himself to be resurrected or to resurrect anybody else. Someone says, oh, I don't believe that. Oh, I'm getting off this train. Well, then you just plain don't believe the Bible because it teaches that right in the Bible. And I, I intend to share that with you today, again. <clears throat> I intend to share with, it, with you in the sense so that you will know the truth and the truth can set you free. It is just an absolutely super awesome, incredible, awesome, incredible, awesome, incredible truth. And it's so clearly stated in the Bible. I've had people say to me, yeah, I tried to find that, but I couldn't find it. I just couldn't find it in the Bible. <laughs> I said, really? I said, well, one day I'll preach it again, and you will hear it. And, and you'll begin to see how incredible that it really is. Now, we're going to bring that, share that with you after a bit, but I've got to finish some points here. You know, what is the Holy Ghost? In the photo transitions of the holy light, the essence is often called luminous, luminescence. And I wrote this to you in the introduction. This is spirit light without heat, without holy fire. You see, there is the Holy Spirit and there is the Holy Ghost and there is the holy fire, the holy ghost and fire. And the fire is what is missing. And when you're missing the fire, guess what else you're missing? The Bible said God is a consuming fire. So you're missing God. You're missing what the really plan is about God, the real story about God, the really ministry about God. The fact that the Bible says God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. <coughs> So, it is so incredibly important. So we, we have to go beyond this, this point of, of just being in a stage or in a degree of the Holy Spirit. Now, someone will say, oh, the Bible says that God does not give the Spirit by measure. And I've heard that before, and I've heard people interpret it just like that. And I would say to those people that are saying that, that you are definitely doing what the Bible warned in Revelation not to do. The Bible in, in the Revelations warns that if you teach something, and you interpret it or translate it, and you leave out the meaning that you are in very deep danger. Because people leave out the meaning because that was spoken by John the Baptist. And he was referring to Jesus Christ, and he says that he was. And he says that when the Holy Ghost was given to Jesus Christ, because he was born with the Holy Ghost, 
that it wasn't given out by measure. He had the fullness of it. And so what did that prove? That proved two things. That proved there was a state in which there were degrees of measure. And that proved that there was a place when you finally reached the ultimate of those measures and you have the fullness and the entirety and the wholeness. Now we're just about to conclude here with this portion. And so we have to understand that this luminescence without heat is without holy fire. Without the holy fire, F-I-R-E, and it's not the holy dove outpouring of the Holy Ghost, but rather an outpouring of various degrees of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is a dove messenger of the outpouring of the holy fire and is many degrees of glory higher and more powerful than the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the higher holy degrees that bring personification. What are those personifications? The cloud, the Shekinah glory, the pillars, the tongues of fire, the dove, the personification, other forms, Mark 16, mountain transfiguration of angels, of entertaining angels unaware, of personification taking on forms. We're just about to get there. This is just the fringe of the Holy Ghost revelation. The Holy Ghost ensemble is the whole of all the parts and the identity of them. Spirit wounds in you from there was war in heaven that you are not aware of will instantly on hearing the full scope of this teaching and the coup of the Holy Ghost will dissolve. I will be teaching this tomorrow and his prophecies. God bless you as Janet gives a break here.
Thank you, thank you again, Janet. The Spirit, oh my. Okay, so now I want to share with you this thing on the resurrection. In the book of John, St. John, this is so awesome. Chapter 5. Chapter 5. Let's start with verse 17. <clears throat> My Father worketh hereto, hitherto, and I work. Now, that connection is a principle, very, very important. My Father has a work, I have a work. And there is an ultimate plan and an ultimate purpose and an ultimate future and an ultimate connection by these two different kinds of working. Someone says, oh no, they, they do the exact same work. That's not Bible. Because the Bible says that Jesus said, my Father is greater than I. So Jesus is doing a, a work because he chose, instead of taking on a physical body that the angels used, when they left the first domain, the heaven of heavens, to take a body in the physical universe that could communicate for their works of creation and etc., he chose instead to take on the seed of Abraham so that he could take on the sin of the people. And so there is a difference between the Father ministry, which art in heaven, and I'll be explaining what that is, and the ministry of Jesus. But the Bible says there are differences of administration. There are differences of administration, but by the same Spirit. So now, let's go on with this. And let's look at this. Verse 19. Verily, verily, and this is the words of Jesus here I'm reading. I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. Did you get that? I want to read it again, slowly. This is Jesus talking, and it's red, inked in my Bible, King James Version. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Does that include you? Is that you? Are you out there? Does that include you? If it does, get ready. Get ready. The Son, capital S, can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father, now come on, do. Whoa! Do you mean he is somehow shown by the Father what to do, and he sees it? He's given the vision of it? And that is how he then remembers how to do what he knew how to do when he was in the koon of the Father. Well, let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. 
For what things soever he doeth, that's the Father, whatsoever the Father doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Now, come on, let's get this. The Father loves the Son, and the Son has said, I can't do anything of myself. I'm, I'm in a bind here, people. I'm, I'm in a, a human bondage body. And it's going to take Holy Ghost. It's going to take Father God. Even for me. Now the Bible says, and if you can accept it, accept it or not accept it, but in the book of Hebrews, I believe it was, Paul wrote and he said, only by strong tears and many very difficult prayers was Jesus able to overcome. And that just makes him so lovable. That just makes him so great. That just makes him so true. And so purposefully capable of taking on our sins because he overcame. And Paul describes the difficulty. He says, when I want to do good, I do the wrong thing because he said, there are two laws in the human body, in the human mind. And one law is the law of the, of, the, of the nature, the law of the members of the body. And it, it is against the law of the spirit of the body and of the spirit of God. And there is a war going on all the time. And Paul said, he made it very clear, it's very, very difficult, this overcoming business. Now, it is so important Jesus is so important because you will never get into heaven, ever. You will never. You will never get in there at being a scribe. You will never get there at being a Sadducee or a Pharisee. You'll never get there. Accept your ideas and concepts and insights and revelation exceeds the righteousness of those kind of people, Jesus said, you'll not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter how great a person that you think that you are and how kind that you think you are and how loving that you think you are and how magnanimous that you think you are. You will never make it through the pearly gates by your name. And I found that out long, long time ago. God showed me a dream. I, I appeared before the pearly gate. And, and the, there was an angel there, and he was checking everybody out that would come in. And I walked up, and I was very confident. And he said, what is your name? And I said, Jerry Lee. He said, no. He says, you're not on the, you're not, you're not on the list. I said, so read it again. You must be making a mistake. He looked at it again. He said, no, you're not there. I said, okay, manifesto, manifesto yada. He looked on the list. He said, no, you're not there. I went back off to myself and sat down on a stone. I was puzzled. I was frustrated. I was terrified. I thought I had it made, but I didn't have it made. I thought I was going to walk right in, but I wasn't going to walk right in. I thought it was a cinch at that, this point or at that point, but it wasn't. 
And I sat down and I thought and I thought and I prayed and I prayed. And then it came to me. And I walked back up. And the angel looked up and he saw me. And he said, what is your name? And I said, Jesus Christ. He said, yes, come in. You're on the rostrum. You're on the list. And I walked in. We will only make it into heaven through Jesus Christ. It's his grace that in, is encompassed about us, enfolded about us, that allows us to make it in through him. And Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my b blood, which was a metaphor of taking on his life, you will in no wise make it into the kingdom of heaven. And when I went up there and I said, I'm, my name is Jesus Christ, he said, yes, come in. Now let's go on. So it says here in John, now we're reading in John the fifth chapter, St. John, and the 19th verse, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. What does Jesus say to do in Matthew? He says, when you pray, when you pray, are you listening to me out there? Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you pray. Now let me repeat it one more time. When you pray, pray and ask in the Father's name, my Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <clears throat> we'll talk about that heaven in a little bit here. All right. Let me go on with the scripture here. We're in John, St. John chapter 5, 19. The son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees or seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth, these things doeth the Son likewise. For, now this is very important, this preposition, because it is a determination word. It determines that it is the continuation of something that was said, and now the explanation specifically of what the meaning of that was. So, because you don't start off a sentence, I mean, it would be very rare, and usually not correct. For, I feel good today. Oh, well, why for? You mean because I feel good of something that happened before. Well, yeah, that's what I'm meaning. For, so what is the for? What is the pre? Well, it's what he said. I can do nothing to myself, but what I see the Father do, then that's what I can do because I see how to do it. I am taught how to remember it. And I say, oh, yeah, yeah, that was it. Because the Bible says the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance. Now, let's go on. For, this is the predeterminator, Connecting that verse before with the new. The Father loveth the Son and shows him all things. That 
himself doeth. What? It says the Father shows him all things that himself, that Jesus is to do. The Father shows him all things that Jesus is to do. You got to get that. My Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Why is that so important? Other sheep I have that are not of this fold. Listen. Chapter 14, verse 1 through 6. But just begin it here. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you so. I go away to prepare a place for you. Why, oh, you? You belong to the sheens. You belong to the colors. You belong to the vibrations. Were you a part of that part, which, was, which is a part of the people now scattered across the earth who are destinata? They belong to the Melchizedeks. They are Melchizedeks. They belong to the destinata. They belong to the Father's house planet. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all, A-L-L, things that himself, himself, Jesus Christ does. And he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. Now, what's the greater work? <laughs> There's hardly anything greater than the resurrection. There's hardly anything greater than eternal life. There's hardly anything greater than being saved by salvation. Here's what he says. Now, come on. Another four, another predeterminating term. Preposition four. Four. This means the interpretation is connected and based on what was just said. Greater works than these that ye may marvel. Now, what's the greater work? Four. As the father, father, as the father raised up the dead and quickened them. Whoa! Did you know that the Father raised up the dead and quickened them? Did you even know that the Father was involved in that? Did you not think that there was no one that had ever done that but Jesus? Someone will, someone will say, well, the Father and, and, and Jesus are the same thing. No, they're not. You make the Bible become a contradiction. Well, the Bible says they're one, yeah? They're one. A husband and a wife are married and they become one. But that doesn't mean there's not the wife any longer and there's not the husband any longer. <clears throat> and there's some new kind of pedigreed you still have the wife relationship. You still have the husband relationship. And they're one. But there still is the differences of administration. As long as they are in those positions. 
So when Jesus said, my father is greater than I, he is specifically and definitely clarifying that having come out of the father, which the Bible says he did, and now having taken a, a seed of Abraham body, not an angelic kind of physical body, but a seed of Abraham body, and choosing to go through this test of taking on the sins so that he could save the fallen angels who had fallen into matter and taken on human bodies. In that state, in that degree of existence, he honestly, truthfully, and exactly properly describes, my Father is greater than I. So when you pray, say, my Father which art in heaven, he distinguishes location. The locale of the Father is a status heaven, different than the status earth. Now, let's go on. Here we have the denominator again, so to speak. For, as the Father raised up the dead and quickened them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment to the Son. But now, let's skip down to verse 26. <laughs> For, as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. How did he get it? It was given to him. Someone says, oh, he, always had, he had it from birth. No, he didn't. He didn't have it any more than you do. Someone says, oh, my, that's blasphemy. No. You are just blaspheming yourself. Because here is the thing. If you have within your genes, in your DNA, prescriptions that make a difference to what you are going to become or not become, you don't know that until that prescription gets operating or is put into effect. So you can have something, but it's unknown unto you until by the Holy Ghost it is brought into your memory and then you have it. So it's not a contradiction and it's not taking anything away from Jesus Christ. It's just saying that the implant in him was not available unto him and there were many different times. Jesus said, this certain thing can't happen until I'm glorified. And after I'm glorified, then these things are going to happen. Jesus made it very clear that there were events, that there were causations, that there, there were a special uh, measure uh, uh, of happening. And that's what it's saying. So the Father taught him how to do the resurrection taught him how to have life within himself. And when you take on Jesus Christ, eat his flesh, drink his blood, symbolically speaking, 
Take on his life. Live that life is what you use by grace to make it into overcoming. Then the greatest act of salvation that could ever happen on any planet, anywhere in the universe, has happened to you. Now, now you know something. And why is that not being taught out on the ministry scene? Why? Well, why is it not being taught and interpreted as to the scripture in Ephesians 6.12? For in Ephesians 6.12, it starts off with the word preposition for. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, plural, of the darkness of this world. And you know what? The King James translators and a whole bunch of other people and denominations of this present day never could get it. Never could really get it that it was rulers here. They never could get that. And they just really got the idea of the one ruler. But the rulers are very interestingly named. One ruler, the Cosmocrator, look it up in G2888 of the Strong's Concordance Dictionary in the Greek. 2888, Cosmocrator. And who is the Cosmocrator? Well, he is the principality of darkness. Who's the other ruler? Well, there is another ruler. There is. And we've got to get that right. It's really, really important. Really, really important. Because if we don't get it right, then we're in trouble. Now, how do we know the difference of these two. Well, Cosmocrator and Pantocrator, P-A-N-T-O-Crater. And I won't have the time to show both of these, but when we show one, we show both because they are connected in the one word rulers. So Cosmocrator, Pantocrator, but then there is an actual Greek word that I want to give you next time. Greek connection in Strong's Concordance. And I'll tell you how to look it up on your own because you'll remember it better then. The word almighty is what that word actually means. So when it talks about the almighty Lord or the almighty God, the real word is about the pantocrator. And so we have these two rulers of darkness. Some would say, well, now, uh, I don't accept that. Really? You know what you need to do? You need to just shut down your mind of all your ideas and all the brainwashed ideas that you have been living on that are full of moth holes and listen to this word of God. Because I'm going to tell you that there is real true word in Bible for this. And it's a fact. Because here's the thing. 
Here is how it works. The panto, the pantocrator has a different job from the cosmocrator. Now the cosmocrator is means world ruler, but his job is to keep it dark. So he's a ruler of the darkness, and his thing with darkness is to keep it dark. But the pantocrator, his job about darkness is to say to the darkness, let there be light. So the one ruler is to keep it dark. The other ruler is to say to the darkness, they're both involved with darkness, let there be light. And you know what the Bible says? <clears throat> the Bible says, and there was light. Wow. So we begin to see some inter interesting, powerful things. So are you, are you into this? Let me ask you this. Are you into this? 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Are you into this? The inward man is renewed day by day. Is that happening to you? Maybe you're not even in the game. Maybe you think that you're so covered over by grace that you'll make it no matter what kind of a, a, of a person you are. Well, scribes and the Pharisees, they searched the word. They searched every little dinky thing about the word, the, the, the letters and, and, the, and the design of them. And God said, through Jesus, that's not enough. You won't make it. You see, to memorize the table of the elements doesn't mean you understand them. To memorize the, tele, the table of the algorithms doesn't mean that you understand them. So, the Bible says, except your dedication exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll not enter into the kingdom of God. So are you into this 2 Corinthians 4, 16? The inward man is renewed day by day. Well, I thought he was just okay. I thought you didn't have to worry about him. Really? Well, do you want to be true to the Bible? Do you want to be true to the Word of God? What does it mean, be renewed day by day, every day? It's talking about the charge. There's a, there's a thing called the charge. A person has to keep their spirit charged. And let's, 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 let's look at, at another one. In another, uh, this is in Ephesians 4.3. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Oh, you mean the spirit has a mind? Yes. You have a brain mind, which is a physical mind, but you also have a spiritual mind. And you have to be renewed in that mind. It, you have to get a charge. If you don't keep your charge, what is the charge called? It's called power. You know, like when you turn on your light, you got you, someone say to you, is your power on? <laughs> is there a grid hooked up and the power on? That's electrical charge that you get out of the plugs and when your lights come on. It's a charge. And in Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now this, get a hold of this one and see if this don't grab you at your hip joint. 
It talks in Philippians 1.19 and it asks about where you're at with a supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. What? Supply? That sounds commercial. Oh, it might sound commercial to you, but it's Bible. There's a supply out there that's available. And you have to use it daily. So what does the Bible say? Give me this day my daily food, my daily bread. And then what Jesus say, I am the bread of life. Whosoever will eat of me shall have eternal life. But it is not a thing that you do one time like they're trying to teach out there. It is a daily thing. You've got to be renewed daily, every day. And as you do that, your charge will build up. Now when there was war in heaven, what happened? Who won the war? The war was won by the angels that had the most charge and who were able to use the ministry and revelation of angular motion. And they won the war over Lucifer and, and all his co-un cherubim who were all equal uh, to be, being archangels. And yet they defeated them. They defeated them by having a greater charge. And so this greater charge is so important. One time the disciples went out and they came back and said, well, it didn't work. Jesus said, what didn't work? Well, we tried to do what you said. We went out there and we tried to cast out these demons and these particular demons that we ran into said, who are you? I know who Paul is. I know who Jesus is. But I don't know who you are. Get out of here. And he said, we're really embarrassed. We just were made a fool of in front of a bunch of people. Jesus says, well, this kind don't come out except by fasting and prayer. You have to, you have to charge your spirit. You have to do it daily, was what he was saying. So if you're going to win the war against the forces of darkness, like the war that was in heaven that was won, you're going to have to be able to be charged. And to be charged is, a, is, a, is about power. Now, there's scriptures that talk about strength, having strength. And, and this strength is another way, and there's some beautiful scriptures on that. I won't have time to read them and, you know, to do it today. But th when it's talking about strength, it's talking about power. That's, a, that's the power, that's the energy and the power that you have, the strength. And so when it talks about that we're to have strength, it's we're to have charge. You want to get in charge of your life? You want to get in charge of the forces dark? You want to get in charge of demons that would like to come in and intercept? Then, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to get in to understanding this manifest ministry about the Holy Ghost. And this is just a dinky little scratch of the surface. 
And that's why this has to be a series. And that's why you have to, you need to, you need to plug in in this faithfully. Not once in a while. You need to plug in it faithfully and hear the continuity of, the, of this series of teaching. And you need to stand behind this ministry. Because as far as I can see, I don't see another one like it on earth, but I know that there does exist other people out there. I know that by the Spirit, but I don't see them. And I don't know where they're at. But I'm going to deal with what we've got at hand. God constantly spoke to me years, years back and said, use what is at hand. You lift up your hand and you look at your five fingers and you count it off. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. The hand of God. The ministry of God. And you've got to have enough charge like Moses had enough charge. He had a tremendous amount of charge. He had so much charge that his physical body couldn't handle it. I remember one time, I've told this story many a time, when I was receiving the, the Holy Ghost revelation of the manifest, and the Spirit was so strong. Shekinah glories were coming down. Lights were flashing. And it was more than my body could handle. And I had to get up and walk out and go to this Hinkle's hamburger place and, and play Pac-Man to just become human a little bit. Because the Spirit was too much for me. Well, the Spirit, it was too much for Moses. We'll talk more about that next time. And God took the Spirit from him, the charge from him. Thank God he had enough charge for this to happen. Wonder if he wouldn't have had it. Then he couldn't have gotten relief. But took the charge from him and put it out on 70 of his elders. And two of them weren't even there at the time it happened. But because they were elders, it didn't matter where they were. It was like this thing that they teach in particle mass. That there are sometimes these special kind of connections of an atom to an atom. And if one atom that has that connection to the atom even gets separated across the universe, whatever happens to that one ha atom happens to the other because they belong to a oneness. And so G the Bible teaches, what, and Jesus taught this, what is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. What is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Well, this is a teaching. This is a teaching now of the Holy Spirit, a teaching of the power of God. And we're needing you to hear this word. We're needing you to go beyond the fringe. We're needing you to understand that the Spirit is by measure to us, but not by Jesus. He had the full of the Holy Ghost. But we can reach a point that we are also beyond just the Spirit stage as the disciples that went up to the mountain of transfiguration were close to becoming. And they were able to see in the Holy Ghost mode the personification of the different forms. And when you get into that, 
you can see the tongues of fire. And the tongues of fire, the Bible tells us in Corinthians, can speak to angels, angel language, and can speak any language of any nation on earth. That's how powerful the Holy Ghost is when you get the fullness of the Holy Ghost. And so, we want those beautiful things. Well, such spirit and energy and resonance cannot be constrained without spirit contact to the memories and the glories of the kingdom of God that is within you. The Bible says in John 1, 9, every person born into the world is lighted within at birth. So this inner light is not the body, so to speak. It's not a body of the kingdom of God, but it is in one sense the essence of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God comes without observation. This comforter one. I want to tell you about that next week. <clears throat> How that there is another comforter. Someone says, well, the first comforter was Jesus Christ. Well, you need to hear the teaching. You need to hear the truth, so help you God. You need to be delivered by this manifest word. And I, I can visualize it now. I can see that dream. I can see stepping outside after I looked out the window. Sort of that trek beyond. Sort of that vision beyond. And I stepped outside. And I looked at the pillar foundation. And I knew that it went so deep into the ground. It was so huge. And then I thought, my God, what is this? And I saw that it was a really substantially built tower of network frame. And I looked to see the top, and I could not see it. I could not see it. It reached above the clouds. Well, I want to tell you what the heavens really are next week. I want to tell you some of these things. And I want to tell you when I saw that these towers were going up above the clouds. I said, my God, Jesus, Jesus Christ, my Lord, my God, my Savior, is coming in the clouds of glory. And there's a broadcast of the word of the Holy Manifest going out, and it's reaching above the clouds. And that's going to allow it to vibrate around the globe of the world. And people to suddenly hear and to suddenly be awakened that there is a Holy Ghost movement on this planet and a Word of God. And it is time to stand up for Jesus, to stand up for this Holy Ghost manifest revelation because it is the fact and the truth, and so much of the truth has been left out. It has depreciated in the minds of the scientists and a lot of people the Bible. And that's why 
We will be publishing one day the Peace Manifest Bible, for it is the restoration of the paths to walk in. May God bless you. May God keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. Until next week, I love you. God bless you.